Also, hey, I had to pull a, uh, I had to pull an old Sheck Exley the other day at the gym. What was the old Sheck Exley? So I go uh, get into the old sauna after the gym. Yeah. Forgot my watch at home that day. So I'm, you know, I'm sitting in the gym. I'm like, how am I going to know how how long I've been in? You know. So I remember that old story of Sheck's, you know, computer went out on him on some crazy ass dive he did. So he counted. He, he counted. Yeah. He counted his deco stops. <laughs> <laughs> One way to do it. I mean, that's the stuff, like, whether it really happened or not, you could make it up and go, just to yeah, perpetuate say, your your legendary status. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who's going who's gonna to argue that one? Yeah. But uh, so I gave it a go. I'm like, all right, I, I can pull off 10 minutes. I lost my depth gauge once. And so I, uh, I unraveled the seams in my dry suit. And I measured out, knowing that I am five foot nine, I measured out <laughs> uh, increments of five foot nine inches. So yes, I could I could go just under twelve foot stops easily, but uh, and and then of course I had to count my stops. So I had to take check, bump it up a notch. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, that's a good, that's a good challenge doing uh, doing that. I mean. You know, three minutes in, I'm like, oh, my God, is this ever going to stop? <laughs> is this ever, ever going to stop? It sounds enjoyable. <laughs> what happens if you fall but asleep, though, the, like counting sheep? You can't. You can't. You Luckily, gotta, you, gotta, you, you said just mental, count the numbers, not the, the sheep. Don't count the sheep. You got to ignore Dude, the sheep. If you count the sheep, Focus you could on kill the numbers. yourself. Focus on the time. And um, I was pretty damn close. I was a little fast. I was, yeah. I was just over nine minutes. Uh, thereabouts, well, you know, I like mean, looking at the error, clock going yeah, in and looking at the clock wanna... coming out. I was like, eh, "Not bad, not bad." For you know, first give it a go and just on a whim, nice. See how well it can do. Impressive. So that's how I'm gonna do all my deco stops this year. Smooth. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Okay, so it's Friday. It's Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Great Dive Podcast. You're here with your hosties with the mosties, the mouth of the Midwest, the Sultan of the Segway. I like that. James Ian Brando. That's better than Senior Vice President. (laughs) It is. Sultan of Segway. Coming at you live once again. So yeah, welcome back to the Great Time Podcast, everyone. Uh, we are here recording live, recording live, coming off of a couple of weeks of the BSAC diving incident report. So hey, everybody, we need you to take a minute and go over to iTunes for us if you haven't already done. If so. If you haven't done so already, what are you doing? You just listening to the show, laughing in the car, people driving next to you, looking at you, laughing while you're driving. Just think of how ridiculous ridiculous you look. (laughs) I mean, you're having a great time. But when you finally stop that car, pull into the parking lot, take a minute and go into iTunes and give us a a nice little review. Do you ever think of anyone but yourself? That's my question. We need some help. So uh, it'll, uh, it'll really help us with the show. Get it found by some more people. Get out there and give us a nice rating, and then uh, don't forget to give a little review. Say something nice about us. We really love reading those. And then give us some money. Then just go directly over to the Patreon page and give us some money. Yeah, Patreon members, we do have some stuff in the works that we're trying to get together for 
your listening eyes and ears only. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is going to be good stuff. But everybody in general, thank you very much. From the bottoms of our fins to the tops of our little hoodies. From the bottom of my Thank you for listening and uh, helping promote the show. The show has been growing crazy lately. It's, It's super awesome. We're very, very thankful. Um, yeah, so now that we're done with the incident report, you know, playing around the, the BSAC dive site or the BSAC website, which is bsac.com, uh, they got a lot of really, uh, really cool info on there. It's fun to little surf around and, and check out some stuff. They got some cool quizzes and stuff you can sit there and take and nice. give you a good feel for uh, how how intelligent you actually are with uh, with your diving knowledge. Do you have to read this with a British accent is my question. I think it helps. And with some chips. Chips and a Would you pint of Guinness Nights. Grab me some crisps. Yes, some crisps and a biscuit maybe. I could go for a biscuit and a... Spot of tea? I, I'm, I, I, I prefer Guinness. the Guinness you the just Guinness? mentioned. Yeah, yeah, I prefer that. And that's a spot of tea. So the... Uh, so the safe diving guides, it's kind of cool, you know, it, it just, it's um, it's a link to a link to a link to a link to a link, like just a ton of uh, cool info, um, a bunch of different expandable categories with a, this huge directory that you can do. Um, but in the introduction to this safe diving guide, it starts off by saying that diving is a potentially dangerous sport with a good safety record. Hey, uh, you're supposed to do that in the British voice. I thought we oh, agreed. Oh, oh, okay. Let me try. If you want these people to get the full experience of the BSAC. Diving is a potentially dangerous sport with a good safety record. Cheerio. <laughs> Cheerio. That sounds safer already. <laughs> <laughs> we sound a little more intelligent. It is impossible to remove the risk completely, but proper equipment training being dived up. Experience, self-awareness, and a safety-conscious attitude all reduce the risk of serious incident. That's more of a the Dick Van Dyke, um, Mary Poppins accent. I don't know what part of England that is. It's uh, the southwest northern part. I love that part. <laughs> How you narrow it down is amazing to me. You know, the beauty of the British accent is it does make almost everything sound more intelligent, more welcoming, more friendly. Diving for many, an adventure sport, and like all adventure sports, its participants enjoy different levels of adventure. At one extreme, we have the equivalent of the high-altitude mountaineer who accepts the challenge and unavoidable risks of the new routes and exploration in remote places. At the other extreme, we have the equivalent of the rambler who strolls along well-marked country paths in good weather. And that's something that I that I say to people all the time about how cool scuba diving is, is because right. it is something for everybody, right? You can be the person who jumps in the water twenty feet, you know, on the cruise ship once every five years, blow some bubbles, you know, and not and just basically blob around in the water, right? All the way up to a, a very high level. Technical explorer, you know, doing some very, very extreme overhead, you know, decompression, long, uh, amazing dives. And and diving runs the full gamut of of anywhere in there you can find your, your happy place. Safe diving contains recommendations and guidance to help divers reduce the risks. These recommendations are not a set of rigid rules, but can be amended depending on the circumstances of the dive and the skills and experience of the divers involved. In other words, thinking. Oh, that's a, an amazing concept to bring into diving. I think they lost that concept in the in the mid eighties. It was just well, it's, we um, can train anybody and we can get their money. I say anybody because the person that isn't the greatest at thinking or doesn't want to put the time in will also get that card, and we can get their money from them, and we can probably you know sell the whole image. So they buy the gear. They're gonna go and do the dives and they haven't really been given the tools to do the dives well i think they think they well i think that's where the the change started to come around is as as those decades moved 
there was a shift on the business end to market marketing. To, well, baby. well, to market the to equipment. Everybody. Yeah, to, yeah. to you know, why are we teaching them to think underwater and and know what's happening physiologically within themselves? When we can just sell them a computer that'll do it all for them. Well, I think you're get, you're letting them off the hook though, because the other side of that is we can make training easier, therefore available to more, and it's quicker, therefore available to more people. The whole idea that you have to put time and thought and energy and training and actually put an effort into it. That is what left. That is what they said. Well, we don't need to do that. Let's make it easier. Well, sure, and and uh, so the the game changes, you know, circa eighties, nineties, two thousands, a little bit, right? But at the same time, there there are a couple of small factions that are popping up of people who who want to go back, like you and I, mm-hmm. and and have that. M- deeper rooted. Now there is. Now there is. Yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So well, it, it's, it's coming around and, this, and we're, we're building a community. Dude, 30 years ago we're talking. Sure. I know this is where that age thing hasn't really hit you yet. You haven't realized that when we're talking the 80s. That was a long time ago. It was decades ago. So it's been decades in the making. This didn't just happen overnight. They priced themselves into obscurity. They made it too easy. The challenge, the work that people wanted to do to get something, get a reward. Well, they took that away. So just like anything, if you don't put well, anything into yeah, it, well, there's I no reward it in on, it. I guess it depends on what you're, what you're using to value the success. And um, the guy in the uh, the three piece suit at the end of the board table, you know what he's using? Well, he's using a, a dollar sign up at the Correct. on the chart on the pie graph. That's his degree of success. But again, I say they shot themselves in the foot because the real draw to scuba diving is A, it was challenging, B, it opened up new environments, and it was not the common thing to do. When you made it accessible to every man, well, every Joe Blow idiot from Walmart came in. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. I'm saying it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Just say it, man. Just everybody say it. came in. We talk about this. You go to a party. I'm a scuba diver. No, sure, but I mean, can you say the same thing for, I don't know, skateboarding? Skateboarding isn't the same in the sense of you don't need a certification. Sure, but there was a time where it was uh, just a small group of people that were that were doing. And look what it. happened! It got ruined. Well, it got, it's, I sure, remember because that you I got was a skateboard there. in every single uh, Walmart well, nowadays, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, well, what about let's say Kmart, what about music and guitar, here. right? Uh, well, it's there was different. A time Your expertise comes through, and it takes time. Sure, but now you can you know mail order a, a, a guitar and do an well, you can an always online have, internet people class. Can always and, have and a can, guitar, but there's no certification. There's no wall plaque they can put up. I mean, people can say, "Yeah, I'm a guitar player," but oh, great, I've got one. Play it, and they're like, and they they're a moron. Not like a diver, where you can say, "I'm a diver at a party." Pull out your silly silly little card, and and babble up the a storm, and then you get this person in the water. You're like, "Why are you ruining the name of diving for me?" Because I, when you said you were a diver, I thought you were a diver, not a fucking moron. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well done, well done. Well, well done. That, that was a good analogy right there. Well, I don't know. Again, I, I look back at it over the years, and, and you've been in it just as long as I have, and I remember my draw to it, the adventure. The Nobody likes the word elitism anymore. I like the word elitism because I'd like to be elite. I think you should strive to be elite. I think you should strive to set yourself apart from the masses. It's not a bad word. I don't think it should be. I don't think it's a bad word to to know that you're to know that you're the guy that can pick up the guitar and and, and play it and, and play it. Nicely, and somebody yeah. says, "Can you do something country western?" Sure, I can do something country western. Can you do something Latin flamenco and completely change styles? You know, can you do something rock and roll? Can you do something bluesy and really have an intimate knowledge and ability with the guitar versus somebody who can pluck twinkle twinkle little star yeah play two chords or something whatever. right 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 yeah. yeah huge huge difference and there's a lot of people that have a guitar in the family room yeah they don't know covered how to play in it. dust yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that never gets played and there's a few people that that 
really can pick that thing up and, and right. do something magical with it. But so let's let's keep this analogy going with the guitar playing. If the guitar industry were putting out, you can be a guitar player for one hundred and ten dollars in in six hours of your time. What has that done to the guitar players in the world? I mean, the only difference, the only thing is you can be called to test right there. You can be like, oh, I'm a guitar player. I got this, you know, I passed my guitar card, my guitar class at uh, Joe's Music Shop. Oh, I got, cool. Uh, I got, I got a guitar. I got, Why don't you play? <laughs> whoa. Well, whoa, 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 whoa. that's the thing. We can't do that with scuba diving. Because you mean uh, peak performance guitaring? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get your peak performance guitar card. Yeah. I mean, so that's well, where yeah, there's, I, a, there's a, you know, something like that. Guitar has a put up or shut up. Oh, I like that. right, right, yeah, yeah. Point where it's very obvious whether you can play the game or not. True. Whereas when you're just talking about scuba, scuba diving, diving? It, no, it, it, you, you can, can you can camouflage a lot. Yeah. Plus, the majority, at least if you look at it ten years ago, and again, we can look at the uh, dive magazines and the difference in the photos and the in them. I mean, it, 10 years ago, the vast majority were terrible with their buoyancy, with their trim, with their awareness. All of that stuff got brought up to the, to the forefront because uh, a lot of uh, exchanges, thankfully, the Internet and things like that, made, well, it, made it people it, aware there's a different way to do this. Right, right, because it was never really considered in the 80s and 90s, really. Right. You know, yeah, you know, don't break the coral, don't kick up the coral, you know, it, it was talked yeah. about, but... Not enforced. It wasn't enforced, and every single, and every single diver would say, "Yeah, well, I, yeah, you, I would never kick up the coral." Right. But if you were swimming behind that person on the next dive, right, your eyes would see a different tail, mm -hmm. right? Whereas now, with everybody's got a GoPro, everybody's got a video camera, everybody's mm -hmm. posting stuff on YouTube, you're getting a little bit of shame, shaming. Uh, what's the word? The community is policing itself by a little bit of shaming. So there's, I mean, there's a good thing to come out of that. And all these politically correct people went, oh, never shame anybody. Don't, don't say anything bad. Well, we've got to, to get rid of the stuff that's, that's not good for the community. We have to bring it to the We're surface. We're going to bring up go, some bad stuff. And yeah. then hopefully, you know, a couple decades from now. It's even better. It's even much better because, yeah. you know, I think a lot of the, ecological mindedness of divers today is because people mm -hmm. who were diving a lot who did give a damn were showing up on places showing up to dive sites where their favorite big beautiful sea fan was yeah it's destroyed, right? and now yeah. it's broken off kicked off right there was obvious signs of diver impact that got to the point of of some very very special places throughout the caribbean i mean there's a lot of divers that were you know you know a decade ago were saying I, I wouldn't even i'm not even gonna waste my time going to the caribbean anymore it's so yeah. overdove and beat up and uh it's, it's it's terrible i was one of those people like why would i go everybody's number one everybody's done it and it's beat the shit you know they take you to the same places it's all you know it's like a treaded path like you want to go on a trail hike and you go in there and there's yeah, this ain't a trail. This is almost a paved sidewalk through through my freaking wilderness. It's not wild. It's right, overdone yeah, to, yeah, and it's different, broken. Different it's yeah, littered yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's crappy. So I mean, unfortunately, what I'm saying is, unfortunately, it it took it to get to that for people to realize, no, man, this is only going to continue getting worse and worse and worse. We need to we need to fix this now. I know we're getting a little bit off of the B sack, but a little bit. We're, well, we're, we're, no, this could be the whole show itself. <laughs> this might have to. <laughs> Thanks, B sack. <laughs> <laughs> so back to B sack. We'll end it with yeah. You got to check out we, the website. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we got on a different highway. Yeah. <laughs> but it. I think it goes to the reason we've got the, this podcast now and uh, the changes we'd like to see in the community that are actually happening. That's the, the beauty of it all, is it's really happening. And it, was, it didn't happen overnight. And the people that are just listening to us now, a lot of them have just started diving in the past five years or so. So they really weren't at the base. They don't, the only thing they see is a lot of the good results, but they didn't see and weren't privy or weren't participating in any of the the battles per se, if you want to call it that, the debates, sure. the 
they didn't see how ugly things were. And the fight. Right. And what I was what I keep going on about is we had to have that fight because the industry was greedy. They made it so everybody could get certified. Everybody. Everybody can't do everything. They just can't. Well, I'm okay. I mean, I get that part, right? I don't. I, I get. Yeah. You want everybody to get certified. I'm all for it. But there has to be a clearer separation between what mm-hmm. that certification really is and what you can do. Okay. So your idea, though, is like your certification should be a more accurate description of your ability and your and your limits in other words that open regular open water class should be 30 feet which i 100 percent agree but i go one step further and go a lot of the people that are still getting that open water class shouldn't even get that i understand that i i, I do understand what you yeah. mean there because it should be limited to snorkeling yeah yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. that i mean that's me because i'm a little more hard I'm well more, to me you're you're you want to go scuba diving so to me, buoyancy control is fundamental. Is a is it's, fundamental. Yeah. It is a must. Yeah. It's like if some if if I was uh, uh, gonna take a motorcycle driver's class, right, right, they wouldn't pass me if I couldn't balance the bike <laughs> and, and, exactly. and, and, and not you. fall over. Right. right? Perfect. And, but that's what we're doing. I mean, that's that is what, what we we're have. Doing. That's done. what the industry has been doing. Right. Is it's it letting is. somebody go into this new environment where they haven't become part of the they haven't learned how to become mm-hmm. part of the environment yet and we just go ah they'll get it over time and we we right we we send them on their way also their their argument is our statistics look they speak for themselves which we won't even we've already gone into that a little bit in past shows i mean at the end of the day they just they didn't really care in my humble opinion if these people went out and became active skilled safe divers the only thing they cared about was did we get them in classes? Can we sell them some more classes? Of course you can because they don't, right out of the base class, they can't do shit. And then will they buy equipment? Because that's our other driving force is equipment sales. And ultimately what I'm getting at is, yeah, you need the money. I get it. It's business. You want the community to grow and you need money to do that. But the pendulum was so far on the money, money, money. Okay, so back to the safe diving guide. Um, it the says BSAC. Here, the BSAC, BSAC. Safe Diving. The, the Diver's Code of Conduct is provided at the end of this document. It contains sensible advice on the responsible conduct of all dives and is complementary to the guidance given here. And uh, so let's go through a couple of these uh, little uh, little sections and uh, see where it leads us. I mean, there, there's a ton, people. I mean, you, I mean, you can spend hours looking through all this stuff. And then at the end of it, we'll uh, take a look at this diver's code of conduct. Yeah, I think it's pretty comprehensive. I think uh, this is different than the way we Americans, we Yanks over here at this side of the pond, have been taught diving. These guys, I mean, the BSAC organization, they've got everything detailed. Like they to conduct recreational diving operations, you've got a dive manager, you've got you know, a diving officer, you've got everything spelled out, your responsibilities with the group, within the group. And you don't get those ratings by just, yeah, I'll be dive manager today. No, you have to actually earn, earn yeah, them yeah. with experience and training. Not just you go take your, you know, your specialty class where you do three dives. Following somebody. Not, or just jump in and go do three dives, yeah. you know, and the instructor doesn't even have to be in the water with you. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. Uh, so, anyway, that's that's one of the things I remember working with the BSAC. Out well, in the Mediterranean. you know, it, it's crazy that you say that, and I'm, I'm probably taking it off on a tangent now. But I mean, I still hear like instructors coming in, you know, just like milling out students, you know, and they're, they're yeah. talking about like doing. Uh, I, I got a group going down to the Keys, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna knock out open water advanced. You know, uh, we're going to knock out their five specialties. We're going to be master scuba divers. In four days. Right. It's like, just like. Whoa. How? (sighs) What kind of education are you really getting? How? How, number one. And then, number two, like, I can hear, hear you telling me how you're combining classes, you know, illegally, basically, you know. Yeah. uh, Yeah, yeah. You know, 
We did. Uh, we were on a boat at night while there was current, <laughs> exactly. and we saw some fish. There's four specialties right, <laughs> right. there. You got and they were new. Diver, they were new diver. Naturalist. You got yeah, yeah, yeah. open water and uh, and they say you can't do that. But man, the things that go on, the the things they say they can and can't do, and it's all a lot of it. Again, this goes to lawyers writing writing codes in the sense of writing standards. It's all an interpretation, you know. They you, they throw around the word mastery without any real definition of it. Um, it should be repeatable. That should be mastery, repeatable to a high degree of skill. Oh, I mean, uh, you're a master diver. You come in and you want to become a, uh, you want to make the move to leadership levels. You want to become a dive master and instructor. You want to know how many of those guys come in and, okay, so you got you to gotta know all the, you know, curriculum skills. Flood and, flood and clear <laughs> no, your mask. They haven't done it since open water. Full, open full on panic, yeah. you know, at the at yeah. the going into into a dive master level. And let, yeah, because you're a just master been, diver. It, but now you now you talk to them, you know, while the the one guy's playing the guitar. <laughs> this group <laughs> over here is uh, talking about diving. Yeah. You know, he pulls out his logbook with twenty certification cards. How can you? I'm that? I'm a peak performance. That? advanced mask clearer i got the card for can you clear your mask no no not not without not, getting down to the bottom and not without choking and, and gagging yeah. and, and panicking yeah and you know jamesy the, the other thing about this is there's agencies out there that are you know they're not outwardly promoting this they're not saying hey teach a lot of crappy divers they're not saying that but what they're doing is they're giving prizes they're giving applauds and rewards for instructors that do all these numbers, these insane numbers. So they get a special title, the elite, the elite, whatever, right? And I'm all yeah, about yeah. elite. Let's be elite, but let's really be elite. Right, but their elite is churning. I, I churned churning out, out yeah. a, a high monkeys. volume of monkeys, monkey divers. Yeah, exactly. I, no, I wouldn't even call them monkey diving. Monkey diving's fun and cool, and you you should have some skill sets available. These are monkeys. These are monkeys that bought diving gear in classes. Okay, so. For the third time, let's try to go into this uh, <laughs> safe diving guy. Hey, you started that. I know. This, that one was my fault. So um, the, the different sections that they have on this are um, going diving. There's a gas section, an equipment section. Diving's a gas, man. Dive management, decompression, seamanship. Seamanship. Yeah, that was really awesome. A, a medical section. Military diving, others, and then it you know finishes up with this diver's code of conduct. So, so where do you want to go? We're not going to have time to hit no. all of these. I mean, if you because I mean, if you click into the the section about going diving alone, I mean it comes up with entries, exits, breathing, buddy checks, buddy diving, experience building, build up dives, buoyancy, trim, cave, deeper, depth limits, diving in a three. Unfamiliar buddies. Okay, I think I think I mean, get, there's a lot. You know what I'm? I'm you know what I'm, I'm not, not seeing on this list though? What? Dive podcasts, and in essentially the only one that matters. <laughs> Podcasting. Podcasts. Listening to podcasts. Oh, oh not everybody can dive podcast. So Let's get that straight. No. So there's We're all elitist. these. So there's all these sections. Well, let, let, let's click into this one about buoyancy and trim, just because uh, you know it's it. something that we always talk about. Buoyancy so you click into trim. buoyancy and trim, and it comes with a up with a bunch of bullet points: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different uh, bullet points about buoyancy and trim. So starting off, it says good buoyancy control makes your diving more efficient, with the benefit that it is both safer and more enjoyable. I would concur. Yeah, and I, and I think uh, I mean that that's in every open water class, right? They're going to talk about that, no doubt about it. The next one says you should be able to maintain neutral buoyancy at all points oh, during the dive. This is like a credo of ours. It is. I mean, and, and this is something a mantra. That most people consider neutral buoyancy to be the the, the point when they're swimming from A to B, and and uh, don't be out, don't kick the bottom. Don't uh, stir up the bottom while you're swimming over here. And uh, as long as I'm, you know, 10 feet off the bottom so I can't possibly crash into anything, they assume that that's buoyancy control. And right. It's, it's the furthest thing from it. Right. Well, they also do in their defense. I mean, they know that occasionally they'll have to stand still 
in that move, you know? So they'll assume the Buddha position. Right. The, uh, the, okay, so I see what you're saying. <laughs> the sitting the sitting lotus the position. The sitting lotus, yes. Right? So you, you feel that... Well, that's although, what Buddha said in so, when he was scuba right, diving. But you're, so you're saying is, although it earned me my master <laughs> advanced peak buoyancy <laughs> card, it's not really practical for for being in an underwater environment? Well... Unless you're meditating, unless you're you're trying to get in touch with your inner self and still your mind, but well, the the problem with being in that in that position is, um, as soon as you want to go back to swimming again, you look like a you got to flail all about to get flat and horizontal again, right? Which means why were you in the position in the first place? Yeah, exactly, because your feet are going to be below you. So as you wiggle your way out of the position, mm-hmm. your fins are going to thrust water, and you're going to go up. And you're going to have to move and your hands the, around. And then the your yeah. BC, the, the gas that's in your BCD is going to expand. You're going to become more positive, wow. yeah. which is going to make the, the wetsuit you're wearing expand a little bit, which is going to make you more positive. So yeah. now you got to dump air out of the BCD so that you don't go floating to the surface. And yeah. then as you go flailing your way around to, to get back into that swimming position, now you start sinking. So it's now you got to Now you got to put more air back <laughs> yeah. into the BCD yeah. to, to get into neutral again so that you can be in a position that you should have just been in the whole entire time you're not you're not sitting in a you're not sitting in a dojo <laughs> you know uh meditating you're you're in a three-dimensional world as a diver that's the position you need to Maintain. come to come mm-hmm. to uh come to terms with right is uh is a human being trying to move in a three-dimensional world position and I like how they say that you maintain neutral buoyancy during all points of the dive. Yes. Not just the swimming part. Right. Like the stopping part, we maintain neutral buoyancy. The ascent, you maintain neutral buoyancy. The descent, you maintain neutral buoyancy so that you can stop in full control at any point along the way. Right. Whereas most most instruction teaches you're going up, reach up, Look up, yeah, dump rotate. the air to your BCD, and, and swim to the mm-hmm. surface, mm-hmm. which is w- when you need to stop for some reason, now you're out of control. Yeah, the reality you of, don't all, have the ability all of to what just we're stop. teaching there is it doesn't work in real life. It doesn't promote safe diving, if you ask me. It doesn't promote skillful diving. During decompression stops, you should aim not to vary your depth by more than plus or minus half a meter. For example, a six-meter stop should be within five and a half meters to six and a half meters. Yeah, so 30-foot stop, 20-foot stop, wherever you're at. 20-foot, you're between 18-ish and 22-ish. You know, 21 and and 19 would be better, and 20 would be great. Yeah, and and you're maintaining the stop. right. Right? Right. Uh, Just by being neutrally buoyant, not having to swim. Around in a circle. Swim up. How many times do we see that, people swimming around in a circle trying to maintain their buoyancy? Right, right. And they tell you right off the get-go, I, I, I like the fact that they're saying, during decompression stops, not hiding the fact that every dive you're doing decompression. decompression stops, you know? You should be competent and confident oh. at managing emergencies, including faulty inflation valves, dry suit inversions, and controlled Buoyant lifts. Yes, managing emergencies. Knowing, you know, knowing that equipment fails. And and overly practicing right. for the failure. During a dive, you will need to adjust your buoyancy to compensate for buoyancy changes due to changes in pressure. This can be done either through adjusting the amount of gas in your dry suit or in your BCD. Well, you're going to have to, and, and just to piggyback on that, uh, you're going to have to always be adding gas into your dry suit as you descend in depth, right? You have to overcome the squeeze. But that's yeah. the key to dry suit yeah. diving, right? Yeah, use your BCD to manage buoyancy. Use your dry suit to manage warmth no, a lot of people do. squeeze. A lot of people teach use your BCD the opposite, buoyancy. right? Yeah. Because they, they think that you, the diver, are, are not smart enough to manage two to Sources. air sacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah to, exactly. To so volume. they tell you... What's that? Uh, variable your, volume Yeah, they teach you uh, use your containers. BCD to float on the surface, right. but dump it all and then use your, your dry suit for everything. And then, by the way, now we need to teach you all these 
rescues and recoveries and and Mm -hmm. how to get the air out of your feet because you got so much gas in that dry suit because you're using it for everything. It's that dynamic instability as we used to teach, right? When you have more gas in a big volume container like that, you have more gas to expand as you go up in the water column, which means the bigger the expansion, the quicker you're going up, the quicker you're losing control of your buoyancy. So anyway, not to go off on a tangent on that, but that is good that they bring up, you know, use use your BCD for buoyancy control. Yeah. Use your uh, your dry suit to maintain warmth by just getting enough gas to overcome the squeeze. When underwater, BSAC recommends that you should use either your dry suit or your BCD for primary control of your buoyancy, but not both at the same time. Okay. They give them a choice. Where's well, and, and one's a stupid choice. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, right? So again, I mean, this is the overall majority of of the 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 big rulers of knowledge are are, are saying only use one because you're you're not smart enough to to use the two. But I I, I believe that the reason that you have to learn all these recoveries is because of the reason of putting all that extra gas in the suit well and it, it, and lawyers the, are writing for the most this. part yeah, yeah. yeah. lawyers I'm, I'm are writing you. these rules so a dry suit is not a good method for providing positive points in the surface and so bsac recommends that you wear a bc on every dive now back mm. in the day yes. right there was a lot of people that thought like well, once you go to a dry suit, you don't need no, to don't no even have to worry about having a BC anymore. Yeah, well, especially in the uh, public safety realm, I remember that working in the shop is those guys were constantly, uh, you know, using that mantra: we don't use BCDs because we have a dry suit. Right, and and yes, they they will create some positive buoyancy, but it's not in a good place. And I mean, yeah. Buoyancy compensators, you know, that, that BC that you're wearing, whatever style it is, at least is holding the gas in a place that's conducive for, for right. body mechanic in the water. Uh, and, and a dry suit to control your buoyancy is leading up to these issues that, I, that I'm saying. Well, we, just picture it. Yeah, though. Yeah. I mean, all just you got to do is picture it is you got all the gas up in at your shoulders, squeezing your head, you know, and God forbid you really have like heavy tanks on and you're a skinny person. You're... A, you're going to look ridiculous, which violates Rule 6. Right. And a violation of Rule 6 is not tolerable. Make sure that you choose the correct size BC. This means that not only does the harness fit you well, but that the buoyancy cell is neither too large nor too small for the rest of your kit. If you use a wing-style BC and it's too large, it can wrap around your cylinders and make it very hard to vent all the gas, potentially causing an uncontrolled ascent. Yes, there's there's single tank wings, and there's right. double tank wings, and they're not interchangeable. No, well, you wouldn't I mean, think you, so, but you used to see it quite a bit as people who dove twins would say, oh, I'm going to go down to the Caribbean. I'm going to do some single tank diving, just throw their wing in their bag. There they are with a double wing <laughs> right. on, a, on a single tank, and... It looks ridiculous. It looks ridiculous. It's not, a violation not to mention of it doesn't. Yeah, not to mention it doesn't. It doesn't work. It's a good chance it's not going to work. That right. that's going to pinch, and you're not going to get that gas to move to the side you need it to. Yeah, it just now. There's been a, a lot of companies that have come out with these hybrid wings, like that can yeah. do both, but, but they're they don't not the do, best for either. Yeah, they, they don't do either one <laughs> but, well. Right. Yes, you can use it for both, and it doesn't right. work great in either one. And their so their market the, they're aiming at is uh, the tightwad market. <laughs> yes, the tightwad. Well, the, listen, the, you're in scuba diving. Fool. What are you gonna What do you got to do in scuba diving? Spend money. You got to spend the money, man. I'm not against if you're, spending money. If you're worried about an extra four or five hundred dollars here and there, you scuba need to take is up not for you. Something yeah, like yeah. Uh, you need to take up heroin or something, right? If you're well, worried about money in your in your hobby or your activity you're getting into. You really, scuba diving would not be the thing for you. Look into, like, becoming a crack addict. Or space cocaine. exploration. <laughs> cocaine, yeah. Something cheap like uh, space exploration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And lastly, practice makes perfect. Oh, oh, but not really, right? Correct. 
Right. There's there's a caveat to that. I love it. I mean, it sounds great, but there's a little bit extra to it that you really need to know. Because if you're practicing doing the wrong thing or you're doing something get, that's not good. You're going to get really good at, at doing the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a perfect practice. Makes makes perfect. There you go. Yeah. Good. All right. Yeah, there's all kinds of information in this. They even go into cave diving. Cave diving. I mean, I mean um, they, they go into... You know, decompression information. Diving in a three or more group. They address that. Uh, they've got, you know, accident reporting and insurance and legislation stuff in here. I mean, uh, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But if we get to the end, which is kind of the, the heart of what we were looking at with this episode, which is the diver's code of conduct. When, the, when you look at the diver's code of conduct, there's... You know, uh, what you do before you even leave home, uh, in and on the water, uh, conservation in the water, diving specifically on wrecks. And the section we'll kind of go through is um, don't let divers down. Keep to the diver code, which is a section that they have in here, which is pretty cool stuff. Keep to the code, man. Keep to the code, man. The first rule of Fight Club. Stand up for something. Yeah. And and stick to it. The diver's code of conduct is set out immediately above was developed by BSAC many years ago and is still relevant to all divers today. However, environmental issues are of greater concern to all water users today than ever before, particularly when this code was developed. And so BSAC will be actively developing its environmental presence by the development of the following policies. One is to provide education in environmental awareness, understanding, and enjoyment. More so than don't kick the coral, and then everybody jumps in the water and kicks up the damn coral. Right. You have to make people aware of, well, why? Why don't kick the coral? Well, because it takes thousands of years for that coral to rebuild itself. The coral is a vital part of the ecosystem down there. All of the life down there depends on it, which means all of the life on the planet depends on it. So when you kick that coral, you basically killed a baby. And uh, that's why... (laughs) You killed a That's why I only dive in lakes. (laughs) (laughs) So that uh, it's uh, it's just a muddy bottom, so I don't have to worry about it. Is that that the the mentality? Well, yeah. Yeah, why not? (laughs) If you dive in lakes... You can also uh, take spear guns and and. Uh, well, know. where I'm going is, um, <laughs> I, I'm that's nonsense. I'm just <laughs> the, the problem is so many out there. You know, they, they they'll teach. You know, out of one end of their mouth, they're saying, right. "Be careful of the coral." Also, come over here and get on your knees on the bottom of the pool so we can do some skills. True. Well, yeah, how can you be careful of the coral if all you know how to do is get down on your knees? True. Not to backpedal on that, but that's why you do have a place like a quarry to teach divers. There are places to go where you, you'll you have minimal impact on the environment for being in, in the learning stage, in the make-mistakes stage. That's what the quarries are for. That's what the lakes are for. That's what sandy bottom in the ocean is all about. That's where you learn. You don't go so learn that- in, in freaking... Elkhorn Coral Ranch Farm Place. You know, you don't go do that. Right. So that when you do make the mistakes, it's not impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you there. I, I think a lot of people might assume that, you know, what we've been saying is you need to be an ultra elite diver. Right off the bat. Right off the no. get-go when you, when you get your very, very first card. No. And no, that's not what we're saying. But there's a huge difference between that and putting some some ingrained place in the in the back of your mind that says when when I'm uncomfortable mm-hmm. and uh, need to get something done I find solitude and negative buoyancy right. on my Cold knees where I can always like catch my breath and, and get control Clear my there. mask there I'll do my regulator recovery there and I'm going to say that 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 is what's wrong you're 100% right that is what's wrong it's that primacy that the first thing you're taught, the first thing you're taught is what you're going to go back to in the event of a an emergency or a panic or something. Something goes wrong, you revert back to, you know, the fundamental square, that fundamental. So we keep going back to that. It's it's the base. Right. Yeah. 
promote club participation in environmental schemes and events, highlight current environmental issues, and work with other environmentalists in order to provide a united approach to deal with these issues. And lastly, to further develop and update the diver's code of conduct. So basically, they're they're doing the same thing that the uh, large group, the large organizations are doing. You know, the big emphasis, this big push on the ecology. And we've noticed, I mean, this this started in the 80s, really. Yeah. Um, and it's really at its, right now, it's still growing. So I don't know if it's at its peak, but it's at its peak for everything we know. I mean, it may decline in, in coming years, and I doubt it. I mean, when is the ecology, when is the uh, is Mother Nature going to become a not important or less important? It's not. It, we always have to keep that up front. Yeah, but I, but I think uh, you and I would both agree that from a lot of these guys out there, it's just lip service. Oh, because it is. Because when they sit there yeah. and go, ecology, 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 protect the coral, protect the coral, protect the coral, get on your knees and learn how to scuba dive. It doesn't. It yeah. doesn't work. Put your right? money where your mouth is. Thank you. Asset. Right. And if you really want to be ocean friendly, mm-hmm. you need to be part of the ocean, which means the first thing you need is buoyancy control and balance in the water, so that you can be in a three dimensional world in full control of yourself. And then you learn how to clear your mask. Uh, right. Then you learn. Right. 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 And it doesn't mean you, you at that point, have impeccable stellar buoyancy. It means that never in your subconscious do you think, just crash Grab into the something. bottom if mm-hmm. I have to. Mm-hmm. You're the, your, your place of control is, I need to find balance. I need to get my breathing under control. I need mm-hmm. to get my, my body under control so that I'm in control of myself, not going up, not going down. Right, and then... And then dealing with uh, with issues, whatever, and to prioritize what, the issues yeah. too. I mean, and you're not gonna, you know, I can't breathe, but I'm not gonna worry about that till I got my neutral buoyancy perfectly yeah, set. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the, later on, it moves into um, swimming at night, taking pictures, right? You know, right? You know what I mean? But yeah, you have to have it from from day one. At least, the, at least the mindset yeah. is is right. that's what needs to change. I mean, if you really want people to be ocean friendly and ecological the behavior of the the divers the behavior of Fundamental the, of the instructors right. the behavior of those that are uh, you know passing down the lineage needs to start with mm-hmm. being part of that three-dimensional world right from the get-go right at all times right and where you find yourself these days is a lot of the older divers don't have that right and even a lot of the newer divers are still teaching on their knees. They're still doing this stuff. So it's it's hard to unteach it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's hard to unlearn it for these people. They've got you've got a task as an instructor. It's hard to it's I think hard to it's teach um, it I think it's a little bit different, you know, one for for us up here because we have a we have a starting point which is which tends to be the same as the ending point on a dive. True. Whereas so many, I mean, the vast majority is that you drop in, you swim along the reef, you come, come up, up somewhere mm-hmm. else, you know. So you've got this disconnect from what's going on behind you, mm-hmm. right? You see that you, you kick, don't see the you see that you, you kicked right. up the coral, you kind of ignore it and oh, hoping we saw that. I'm mm-hmm. gonna just scooch on uh, down here. But when you're on, especially when you're on a, a, a bottom as delicate as we have in, in the Great Lakes. Um, if you have to turn around and come back to that same line to come up, you see everything yeah. you just did. Right. Right. It's a smaller environment where, where you, you see everybody else on the, on the boat and the impact that everybody's having. And the hundred feet of visibility we had when we got in mm-hmm. is barely 20 at the end of the dive. Boy, it, it's very obvious what's going on. Yeah. But when you're on a on a reef where it's a hundred feet of vis in front of you, and you and just keep going that, that way, way yeah. it's it's just it's always beautiful. Mm-hmm. You don't pick up on those little things. Yeah, you as the traveling diver, who's the tourist, doesn't. But the dive masters, the people that that are there every day, every every day, people that take the groups there, they're like, oh, this is all fucked up from yesterday's group. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and they're and they're talking about it every every yeah. every uh, night at the end of the end of the day for sure. You think they'd be on the podcast like something like this? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look at you, Sultan of uh, Segways, uh, bringing our ending into. In, I don't know. Well, that's uh that didn't 
that didn't really go exactly where I wanted to. But it's been a long time since we just kind of went off the cuff and and uh, just chatted. So it was kind of fu- it was kind of fun. It was kind of I kind of enjoyed it. I, well, I I enjoy that more than than the topic stuff personally. But that whole B side oh, no. diving the, the, website is awesome. It's got everything addressed. It's it's got a ton of uh, really cool you know bullet point information. You know, so you can it. It's like an encyclopedia of info, where where you can go to each little little targeted section and have a have some good information about it, rather than having to read a whole entire chapter to figure out the the one paragraph that you wanted. It's very organized. It's very succinct. It sounds good because in your mind you're reading it in a British accent. You sound smarter to yourself. You feel better about yourself. On that right, note. Mate? On that note. <laughs> Cheerio, everybody. Cheerio, mates. Safe bubbles. Safe diving. Safe bubbles. Uh, I don't know how you'd say it in British. It's the British flair. We need a British person on this on this dive podcast. Take care, everybody. Safe we'll diving. See you, uh, we'll see you next week.